Just before we start, I just want to uh, thank you in advance. Uh, mm -hmm. I know the Bachman have been recruited to help with the base medrash, setting the base medrash for the Leviathan tomorrow. Um, basically, there's pretty much nobody, almost nobody in this room who, who uh, remembers or behind it. For sure, remembers or behind it. But talk by and the impact that he had, etc. So uh, you'll hear more about that to my Levaya, so I'm not going to say a hesper that. But um, uh, I just want you to recognize that uh, when you're doing that, you're being mishtatif and giving Kavar Akhran to a tremendous individual who was a tremendous Tamachachim and an onov, a person who really cared about the Bachram in, in a significant, extraordinary way uh, and really exerted himself tremendously for that in that, reg that regard. So uh, a lot of what we have now is because of Rehayat's uh, efforts in 1992, uh, when they first dreamt this idea of making Yeshiva Gadola, which didn't happen until 1995. Um, they recognized that one way we be successful is by having Yeshiva getting accreditation and being able to give credits and work with the colleges, etc. And Rehayat was the one who set that all up. So. Uh, any credits that you're getting, everything you're getting, with that was Rabbi Hyatt's efforts, because he knew that that would benefit the Bachum, and he would he would spend hours trying to work out that he get, get the college should get more credits, and that it was that the guy should benefit from that, and it was he's uh, zikrovoruch and yeshakayak for the effort that you're doing. I, I want you to send you're, you're really being mishtatav and covered of a chashav chashav He was a shas yid, a person who knew shas, was Charlotte and shas. There's, there's, there's people who learn Shas, there's people who know Shas. He knew Shas. Um, and uh, not that he would never let you know that. Uh, he was very extremely, very big on of. Uh, that's, that's not the topic I want to talk about. I want to, I want to talk about the situation in Ukraine um, and share a few thoughts with you about that. Um, now, the first one is that uh, that's. Anytime a person hears a situation of a tzara, a person has to have two thoughts. Uh, the, the first that the person has to have is he has to empathize with the people that are going through that tzara. Um, that's the concept of Nasebal in Chaveroi. It's one of the Memchestorim Shatar Niktis Behem. It's Revolvo sees that as foundational in becoming a true Tamachachim. It is, uh, he describes. We say Maskila David, a person is in the Mora, he's he's in this cave all by himself, this feeling of loneliness, a feeling of people not understanding, people not caring. And when people care and people as it were put themselves into that situation and, and, and understands that 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 itself is a tremendous process of uh, of lightening the burden of the something's going if, if, if people are going through Tsara know the people out there care and are trying to help, etc. that itself lightens the burden. Uh, on our end, that means that we're people which we can, we can sympathize, we can empathize, we can relate to somebody else's burden, and we, and we recognize it's something that we have responsibility for. Uh, so that's a, that is a, it's much easier said than done. Um, I remember I had this aura in a very, very, very simple way. Uh, I was once, in Tel Shiva in my day, this is before the world of cell phones. Um, there was no phone in the basement in the basement building. 
there was no phone in the dining room building. There was a payphone. There was two payphones, which people used. And then there was phones in the dorm. But if you're, the dorm was, was a distance away from base Medrash, if you wanted to make a phone call from base Medrash, you would have to go out to the payphone uh, and make the phone call. Cleveland, Baruch Hashem, is notorious for its wonderful winters. And we're watching a bucker standing in the payphone, uh, talking on the phone. And you could tell the person on the other phone was, like, was, like, was not letting him get off. And meanwhile, the bucker was stamping his feet and clapping his side, trying to warm himself up. And the guy, the guy couldn't care less about the fact that the guy's freezing to death in, in his payphone because he's inside his house and he's nice and warm. Right? Do you, and... I often know where he said, you know, he, he said, you know, I just wanted to tell you, I'm calling from the Fayetteville Center Base Medicine. It's pretty cold out here. And it's really cold out here. It's total I'm sitting in a nice warm place. It's hard to really relate to how cold it is. The Cleveland gets cold. But the day of my mother's Leviola, I'll show them. The temperature was negative three before the wind chill. That's Fahrenheit, not Celsius. Um, and with the wind chill, it was, it, was, it was below 20 below. So, like, that was the, when we were standing in the base island, enjoying the wind. Um, my wife brought uh, those hotty things that you use, the chemical things to keep people warm because it was, it was otherwise it would have been dangerous. Okay. So this is, I'm, a, I'm warm in my house. I don't notice somebody else is cold. There's a famous Maestro de Reuchai Maisel, the Rav of Lodge, that... Um, he was a very big pikeach. There was a gavir in the town that he wanted the person to give a large donation for wood, for the of, of wood or money for wood, for the neem of the city. They should be able to warm their homes. Now, so he went and knocked on the gavir's door, one of the nice, warm uh, Polish winter days, which make Cleveland warm. Um, and the gavir answered the door in his house coat, you know. And he invited Rabbi Yochaim, the rabbi of the city of Lodge, inside. And he said, no, we'll, we'll stay over here. Let's stand, stand over here. So Rabbi Yochaim stood outside. And the uh, gavir standing inside, right by the threshold, in his very light jacket. And Rabbi Yochaim started start schmoozing about everything under the sun, except for the topic, for about 15, 20 minutes. And the other person is getting colder and colder and colder and colder. Says, why is Rebbe the, the Rav here? Says, I want to ask you to, to donate wood for the Niyam in the city who are very, very cold. That was much more effective than just asking it without first making him feel how cold it is. It's nice you sit in your house, you know, you know the Gavir sits in his house with this nice, beautiful fur coat when he goes outside, you know, and he has nice, warm, he doesn't understand what it means to be cold. So we're sitting in, in a world of security, a world of safety. We don't know what it stands. We're afraid that there's a bomb going to fall. Um, I had had an experience. Uh, they, I don't know whether it's going to come back or not. But before the world of COVID, uh, they had here because it's, it's Washington D.C. and you have all of the the various different parts of the def- Department of Defense. They had a joint day where they would sh- show off various different things from the Army and the Air Force and the Navy and the Marines and the da da da, da. Um, So they were hit. They, so it's a very exciting thing for the kids to go and watch all these planes flying and all that stuff. So one year I went uh, and they had an F-22 Raptor flying. So uh, it's, it's, it's a mind-boggling machine. Right? It's flying up in the air and you're, the, the ground is shaking from the force of this, this 
you know, gigantic jet engine which is flying a few thousand feet up. And the, and, the, and the pilot was very, very, very accomplished. He was able to fly down, fly t t 15 feet off the, off, off, off the ground, like this, etc. And they're describing, and the announcer's describing about how it strikes fear and the, 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 you know, the, the, the pounding, you know, etc. strikes fear in the hearts of the enemy. Da, 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 da. My poor wife had to deal with the fact that I started crying. Because I'm picturing these people in Iraq you know, the civilians hearing this and not knowing if their building is about to be bombed and they're scared out of their wits. So I'm picturing this, like, these poor people being all overwhelmed with fear and all the patriots are going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going, it didn't really go over so well. I really, I really had to control myself because it would not have been good to make this public spectacle, you know, by this patriotic event, right? But what does it mean that you're sitting in your house and you have no idea that the whole building is about to crumble around you? I don't, we don't understand those words. We've never experienced such an experience. Right? We don't know whether our, we, we wake up in the morning. We don't know whether our lived ones, our loved ones, are going to make it through the day or not. We, there's there's no medication. There's uh, there's no power. There's no clean water. So you have to boil your water and just hopefully you'll do it well enough. That, and if there is water, etc. We don't know what those words mean. And, and you know, just and it's a world of chaos. Forget about the, the, the Russians. The Ukrainians don't like Jews either, right? Instead of Zitimer, Zitimer of all places, right? There was a Ukrainian thugs decided to attack the Jewish refugees there. To the point that they 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 called to be evacuated. They weren't safe. So you, 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 don't, who's, you don't know, my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, mother allows you to describe like you were in the partisans, like you were, you were, you were worried about the, the, the Germans, you're also worried about the, the Polish partisans that were about, who would be willing to shoot you in the back also. They don't like Jews, right? So you, you had no safety in front of you or behind you. We don't know what those words mean. So that's the world of empathy. The second one is a karsatoyv, that we don't live in that situation, right? We take it for granted right, that that this is called normal. We take it for granted that this is that you that you, that a person can walk safely in the street and not be worried about a bum coming out of the sky and hitting him. We take it for granted that we have food, we have water, we have medication. We take it for granted that our that our our loved ones are safe, and we shouldn't take it for granted because it's not it's not a given. So those are the first two thoughts. What I want to share with you is something more. I've heard like different comments, like you know, who could imagine our civilized the society and our and the such a modern world, such medieval types of attitudes of conquest and and just unprovoked attacks, etc. Like you know, it doesn't make any sense. Um, the history of mankind is full of these type of attacks. Like Rome conquered the world, and it wasn't pleasant what they did to the people they conquered. Why they do it? Because they wanted power. Persia conquered the world. Greece conquered the world. The, the Muslims conquered, took over because they had a religious reason why they did it. So they, you know, it's the same idea.
you lived in Germany and you had the Hundred Years' War, so they're busy butchering each other and the Jews along the way because it was fun to kill the Jews in the middle. Bismarck. Conquering, this, this is something new. So the only reason why we're not used to it is Hitler Yemachshimoy made it, did it in a very egregious way to the point that it was embarrassing to be labeled the same as him. So that was 75 years ago. Most of the world has forgotten that label of embarrassment. It's gone. It's, it's behind us. This is what a human being looks like. Human beings have yetzahars. Human beings have desires. Human beings enjoy control and power and all these wonderful things. We all enjoy it. We happen, most of us, Baruch Hashem, don't have the ability to inflict it on any, many other people. But this is, this is, this is the challenge of mankind. And it's nothing new. Taking us to the next step, is, is, as the phrase goes, no such pasuk, but it's close. Um, pasuk is a little bit different, but that's how the belt says it over. The Russian controls the hearts of Malachim Masarim. What does that mean? The Russian controls the hearts of Malachim Masarim. They don't have a hero? Of course they have a hero. Well, not really. The Russian has a plan for the world. And the people who are in control of large parts of the world, as opposed to myself, which I have a little, little spot, the Bershom gives me Yudhi and Bechira, and the Bershom has, has his Hagah, and he has Bechira, and the Bershom finds a way to combine the two. But you're dealing with large blocks of the world. Yes, they have a limitation of what they're going to choose. They have, the Bershom has a plan. But what the Bershom does is he takes these people with their Yetzirahs and with their idiosyncrasies and uses them for his plan. So Putin is a person which is known for being not empathetic, shall we say. Why is he the leader of Russia? Because Russia wanted such a leader to be in place to do something like this, which maybe a more a person who had more human human feelings wouldn't do. So it's Putin's fault. The Russia was running the world. Uh, somebody in the comment says, you know, if Trump would be the president, it wouldn't have happened. Now, some some people have said, if you listen to NBC, they tell you that the reason why it happened is because Trump Trump created chaos in the world, and that's told Trump's fault. But that's you know. If you listen to Fox News, they tell you because it's Trump and Trump, it would have happened. You know, like they, these people live in two different universes. Like, I mean, I don't know what, what, whatever it is, but, let, but let's say you'll accept that fact. So do we ever ask why Trump isn't president? Okay, you're right, let's say. So, but the Russians didn't want Trump to be president. And this is the reason why, because he wanted this to happen. Like, work backwards. You're, let's say you're right. Well, Trump, and therefore what? And therefore, the version of who wanted this to happen made Trump not the president. You realize that it, before, uh, the, the, before the pandemic, he was a shoo-in for re-election. The economy was doing great. People vote, vote their stomachs. 
that all, after all of the attacks that the media had done upon him, he was still very popular until came the virus. So the New York Times and the Washington Post said, my gosh, we have such an opportunity. We can, we can bury the guy under the, the virus. The Bushman could have waited eight months for the virus. So after the elections, like couldn't have, he couldn't have waited. If Russia wanted Trump to be president, he'd be president. The Russia runs the world. Yes, we choose. The Russia has a reason, plan. Now, what's the plan? I don't know. I, I could tell you a theory, but somebody wants to ask me, why does, why does God do something? And says, you know, you realize that the only person, who can, only being can answer that question is him, and I'm not him. And I, as Balgaiva as I am, I have that much humility to recognize that I am not him. So, I mean, so the Gemara says in Yavamas that ancient Peronis Bolar El Bishri Yisrael. Shemra Oisi Siri Sikhi Moser. Av Oisi Siri Sikhi Moser. Pasuk. It's a fact, I think. Russian is doing it for Klaiso. What is it for So I can't answer that question, but I can give you a theory. You know, there's this wonderful neighbor, neighbor to, very close neighbor to Israel called Iran. Right? Who uh, doesn't, they don't like Israel very much. And they're trying to get nuclear weapons to bomb Israel. And the world, of course, doesn't want them to get that. Except the fact that the world likes, likes oil more than they care about Israel. So the Iran deal, by the way, is right now, seems to be it's going through. Not only going through, but uh, because they want oil, so they're willing to invest $100 billion into the Iranian economy, which will be spent on, on terrorism, with no limits. Whatever Iran wants, it means they have no limits to re- respond to the, the International uh, Atomic Energy Commission, and they can go ahead and make their nuclear weapons. Why? Because of, of Ukraine, because Russia's anxious. So maybe the reason why the Bershom is having Putin attack Ukraine is to make, make Iran get a bomb. Now, why does Russia want Iran to have a bomb? I don't know. But maybe that's the reason. But Claudius is in the picture. So this whole thing, well, you know, Ruben Grozovsky commented in 1951, I think it was, that America was a country which had a strong belief in God and recognized the idea that God runs the world. He says, and what destroyed America was the radio. He says, what's wrong with the radio? He says, the radio, right, you have news outlets. And you have, and he says, whenever something happened, immediately they would get an expert on The expert would explain what was the reason why it happened, the socioeconomic reason why it happened. And they made clear that God doesn't run the world. And people hear it again and again and again. They forget about God. Always faith in God, oath belief, belief that the world is run by God. What destroyed America was the radio. Now, if you can imagine that the radio was the problem in 1951, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to figure out that we have a more of a problem nowadays in the year 2022, where there's a lot more socioeconomic explanations by all these experts all the time, which and God has nothing to do with anything. They don't know the word anymore. But we know that Russia runs the world. No, Weinberg, his last mission in life, of all things, 
was to work to do whatever he could to make sure that that Iran doesn't get the bomb. That's we saw his last mission in life. You know, there wasn't Kiev Rakhaikim anymore. It says there's an existential threat to Klai Yisrael by a fellow who's nice enough to tell us what he what he planned, right? Like Hitler Yamachshavit said exactly what he planned, and nobody believes him. Now, well, it's, it's, it's Biden's fault and it's this one's fault and that one's fault. Will you stop it? Yes, the Russian takes the weakness of, of this president and the fact that he kowtows to, to, uh, to his, his, his left. And I, every good explanation that the experts will give you, whether you're pro him or you're against him, are all heck attention that the Russian's using to run the world. To create something which is impacts Claudius. It's a mind-boggling thing. Right? The Jews are, 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 I think right now, I think the Jews are <laughs> less than 0.2% of, of the world population. So based on that math, right? So when you look at newspapers, right? So we should see articles about Israel. One out of every two thousand articles should be about Israel, and not even right, less than that. By the way, that's not exactly how it works. It's the Jews are always in the middle of everything. How it's going to play out, I don't know. Nathan Sharansky got up now and he spoke about the fact that right now in Ukraine, today, I don't believe tomorrow, right, the idea that a Jew, for most people, except for the ones who are attacking them and trying to beat them up, right, is a name, an appellation of something to be proud of and to, and to, be, and to, be, to respect. The Jews are there for their, their, the Jews are coming. Israel made a field hospital. They're, they're taking, taking refugees. They're sending aid. They're doing everything. The Jews. Every Ukrainian knows that the Jews have where to go to. They don't, but the Jews do. It's a beautiful thing, right? Do you realize that tomorrow that means that what they're going to say is the Jews abandon us in our time of danger and the Jews only, only care about themselves. Let's beat up the Jews. Yeah, like, today's article of praise means tomorrow's reason, excuse for an attack. I don't know what the Russians' plan is. I mean, the Ukrainians, I have to tell you that you know, you, we have a tremendously emotional difficulty understanding how to relate. The individuals right now, for the most part, are they're not, you know, they're the, the children and grandchildren of the perpetrators of the Holocaust. You realize that the majority of the, the guards in the concentration camps were Ukrainians, not, not German. They were collaborators with the Germans to killing Jews. You realize before the Holocaust, the worst destruction which was brought upon the Jews was Deir Tachbatat, 1648 to 1649, the, the Cossacks uprising in Ukraine murdered over 100,000 Jews. Now, the difference between the way they did it then to the way they do it now 
is then they didn't have machine guns. They didn't have gas chambers, crematorium. They did it one by one. I once read a, a, an account, a, a eyewitness account of what they did. The level of barbarism, barbarians, cruelty was mind-boggling. If you go to Germany today, there's not a statue of Hitler anywhere in Germany. If you go to Ukraine, every single city in the city square has a statue of Kamenitsky. In the town square. Their hero, the butcher of, of 100,000 Jews. So it's hard to know how to relate to what's happened to the Ukrainians. It's, it's not, it's the, it's the, you know, the Zaydis who did it during the war. Ask any person who went to Uman, they'll tell you. It's scary going through the countryside in, in Ukraine. Because you can see the hatred in their eyes when the Jews pass by. And never if they're stuck with a Jewish president. There has to be some irony in that one. Right? <laughs> right? And he's the hero of the country now, you know, galvanizing everybody. Like, oh my gosh, do they have to look like, you know, in their stomach like a, like a Jew is leading us? In the, in the <coughs> back when you guys weren't born yet, um, <coughs> there was a fellow named Lechulessa. Lechulessa um, created a, a union in Poland called Solidarity, which rebelled against the Russians. And the Russians uh, sent in tanks and crushed them. Uh, quite unceremoniously. Uh, after the Ukrainians, the Polacks were were uh, the second worst when it comes to destruction of the Jews. My mother told us, it says, in Herstetl, which was, it was Poland, Lithuania, Poland, the Litvaks are pretty bad also. Right? He says, the Jews in the city were killed out by one Nazi shoulder soldier on a bicycle who came into town and offered one kilo of flour and a kilo of sugar for every Jew was turned in. That's all they needed to kill out every other Jews in the city. That's Poland. So I remember one of my chaverim, his father, who was uh, born in Brisk, Brisk was in Poland, by the way, I lost mishpacha, etc. He says they deserve every single ounce of pain that they're getting. That was his reaction. So I don't know. Maybe the Russian centers of what the Russians is, is, is putting on Ukraine. Obviously, we, we feel bad for the sorrow that people are going through. Whether they're human, they're human beings, they have pain. We care about it. But it's hard to know exactly how to relate to, to, to Ukraine. It's really hard to know, like what's the correct reaction. There's so many different emotions. Like, why is this kid shulik? But they're brought up. They're brought up. Today, the jid is a derogatory term. There's, th there's thousands of Jews there. But why the Russian, what's the Russian's question? Like, well, we, it's, it's the Russian's running the world and he's sending, he's planning something. I don't know what. 
and theoretically it's scary because you don't you don't know what it can be very scary what's there but we trust the Bereshit that he's doing something that's good for us I why does this individual have to go through the sir I don't know and it's painful and I have to I have a chiv to to be be a rachamon and care about that. So we have a karsatayv for the situation we have. We have empathy, for, and we have nesibalim chaveray for what they're going through, whether they're yid or not, not yid. We see the Bershom giving einish, deservedly so. We see the Bershom playing a game of chess, using people's feelings and emotions for a greater plan, which we have no idea what it is. And we have a, we have be talking to the Kodesh Baruch that the, whatever that plan is is going to be for the betterment of Klal Yisrael, but we know at the same time that there might be a lot of pain along the way till that happens, and we fortify ourselves against that you know, that we, we we can we can accept that reality. And Yisvilo we daven. The person should give us this Yat to understand how to rea- react properly. Do the right thing. And 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 see how the Bereshit was able to do this. The members itself said, you know, when the Purim story was happening, people had no idea what's going on. They had no idea. After it was all finished, they went back and they started realizing, oh, this happened, and this was able to facilitate the this. It wouldn't have happened. The next wouldn't have happened. Right. So the guy in his parish in, 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 in the Megillah tries to point out these elements which are in, ret- in retrospect 20 hindsight we realize, oh, that was really important. That didn't happen. The, the, the story wouldn't have happened. It says, when Mashiach comes we're going to do the same thing with the 2,000 years of Golis. It's going to be a long, long Megillah with the parish of the Gura, the Mazar, why this part had it not happened, Mashiach, the story wouldn't play out the way it's supposed to play out. And this had to happen, and that had to happen, and this had to happen, and, and, and all together it brought to the Yeshua of Mashiach at the end. So we're going to study the history that the Bershom ran the world, the same way the Bershom did it with the, the Purim story, and every single prat was necessary to bring to the Yeshua. The Bershom was doing the exact same thing, but spread out not over a period of nine years and not in one one area of the world but every single prat throughout the whole world in a period of 2,000 years can you imagine how long that could take to read the Megillah no, can you imagine right? the Ga'inus that we're going to learn the Bershom's the, Hanhaga the, 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 and the depth of Hanhaga and how much we learn about how the Bershom runs the world and takes care of the world and the Avas Hanes, the Klai Yisrael have, when they saw how everything came together, it will be increased hundredfold, a thousandfold. That clarity of, of the Hanhaga, of every single prat. So we're living through, we don't understand what is, what, why and what. But we're dominating for that day, it should come very, very, very soon. That we will understand. The Russian will give us the Siat HaDishmai because of the, in the, the clarity of Mashiach, we better look back and understand all of those protests and see how they enhance the Kvot Shemayim as a Hashem.